0: Hello, friends. It is Kirk Henderson, and I'm here with Jason Gallagher, as we do an episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Jason, how are you?
1: I'm great, Kirk. Thank you so much for having me this evening.
0: Well, I'm glad you're here. We're going to talk big picture Mav stuff, but first we need to reca- recap this kind of... Um... Well, the Mavs escaped the Timberwolves with a victory, so I suppose a win is a win when a team has lost as many painful games as the Mavericks have this season.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: uh, it was not the the prettiest of wins. Now, as far as I understand it, you were kind of keeping track of the game on your gamecast as as your wife had you watch The Bachelor, so you missed the Mavs, you know, going nuts in the first half. When did you happen to tune in?
1: Until the second half, and I and I do want to clarify that I think it I think our love of the Mac, of the Bachelor is very mutual, and I had <laughs> <laughs> I had as much uh, writing on tonight as she did, and so it was a mutual decision. But I did have the game on on my phone, you know, kind of tucked in you know, by my leg and things like that. So
0: I appreciate it. I've never, I've never, if I, I, I know with the sheer amount of like teen mom that my wife has made me watch that I would yeah. like the bachelor. So I can't even try it because I would fall. <laughs> it's quite a face first. <laughs> well, so, so basically the Mavericks looked like world beating you know, just superstars in the first half, where they put up uh 43 points in the opening quarter and 71 in the the opening half. With Kristaps Porzingis looking like a star, Luca a little sloppy, but everybody else kind of kind of brought it for the Mavericks. Where you know Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, of all people absolutely lost his mind from three and was just kind of hitting everything, and so the Mavericks really really looked solid in the first in the first half and then in the second half, you know, they they did what teams that have big leads do, which was they in the third quarter, the the Wolves kind of chipped away at the lead, then the Mavs punched them in the face. Chipped away at the lead, punched them in the face. So the Mavericks entered the fourth quarter up eighteen points. And then the Wolves just went nuts, led by Malik Beasley, who scored 22 of his let me see here 30 points i need to change that in my recap because i I apparently can't count Uh, (laughs) all in the fourth quarter and the, the game got a little ugly because the mavericks just you know they weren't trying to hold on they weren't doing the thing i've seen them do in the past where they were like trying to drain the clock they just made stupid decisions and didn't score the ball but luckily kind of a uh Following a really weird stoppage in play, where Ed Malloy was either ordering takeout or doing something with the league office due to a replay, the momentum kind of curbed, and and then the the Wolves missed just enough free throws, and the Mavericks ended up escaping with a a one twenty seven one twenty two lead. What were your thoughts on the second half?
1: Well, I think I think Malik Beasley. It, it, you know, there's not much you can do about a player hitting those kinds of shots. I mean, some of those shots were like that he hits them, and you kind of just chuckle and you're yes. just like, "That's unbelievable." You're you're kind of happy. And it's kind of <laughs> like it's kind of awesome, but at the same time, you're like, "All right, guys, get it together." I did. I was quite frustrated with the turnovers. There is, um, I don't know. They, I mean, this team reminds you to never feel that good about things like, you know, time and time again, that's just kind of their MO and it makes, uh, being a Dallas fan, very stressful and very exciting all into one. But ultimately I'm glad that the first half went the way it did because that's, that's even taking halves like that. will take them. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's where we are with this team and I think it's a slow and steady progression as they continue to sort of you know get themselves you know back up to speed after the the shitty last couple of months they had
0: yeah and and there's there's little things around the edges from these last two victories where they beat Golden State now they beat the Wolves where yeah. they look a little more comfortable i i hate that sort of descriptor but i'm yeah. i'm it, it felt better the, the, it didn't feel like a team you know stuck in neutral they were right. going, they were doing stuff. Jason Ritter Jason, I do that every podcast. <laughs> a Josh lot of Richardson people did <laughs> was outstanding. He had yeah. 18 points and eight assists. Uh Maxi Kleba, you know, it's just like you're kind of looking at the box score. It's just it's it's a little bit of a wonky game. You know, I, I was really excited to see uh Mavs legend Dwight Powell uh have a really positive game he had 12 points and seven rebounds which which is kind of shocking now that I'm like reading it out loud Mm -hmm. but it's 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 one of those things where you, you you kind of get the w and then 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 you walk away and figure out what's next because the I just don't know how to feel about this team i know that I, I i've come out with some pretty hot takes in terms of i i and I, i'm frankly still here i want the mavericks to move on from porzingis because he's just not consistent enough for me right. uh, and and I, but you know that what i want is kind of inconsequential people yell at me about these things but it's like i'm just a fan just like you are mm-hmm. i want them to to figure out how to win basketball games and they did so for the second uh, second game in a row right. which i feel like is is you know the the kind of foundation that you have to to, to lay before you go somewhere else right
1: yeah absolutely i the my whole feeling on this team is is pretty conflicting i mean i'll, I'll start with the fact that them moving on pre- from porzingis if they do decide to do it eventually or whatever i don't think this unlike a lot of other previous Mavs mistakes this was absolutely worth it it was definitely sure. a worthwhile gamble that just didn't pay off that's fine but I, i'm not ready to say that it hasn't paid off like i'm i'm in that boat where i'm still pretty hopeful i think um I think it was you. Did you tweet this? Where it was, it was talking about Porzingis' play. Where if he hits a big shot or if he gets a block, like it just makes him a different player. Like he, completely different, completely different. And so, I mean, look, I, I, I with this team, one of the things that well, there's there's two major things on the on the micro level when it comes to this season. I am somebody who absolutely believes that the COVID thing and everything like that really screwed this team up, like really, really did. Um, I Um, ha- Not to brag, but I have the luxury of knowing a few players and speaking to them, and the consistency is that this season is miserable. It is extremely hard if, you're, if your um, team gets hit by some of these COVID things. And one of the things that uh, you should check out, uh, there's an episode of the Duncan Robinson podcast in which Willie Colley Stein went on it, And it's pretty fascinating because they both talk about – I mean, both their teams are sort of disappointments this season, and they talk about how very sick a lot of these guys were and how quickly they came back. And, dude, I'm like a – I'm nothing when I'm sick. And the days after I'm sick, I'm basically nothing. So the idea of these guys trying to play really, really high-level competitive basketball is tricky. I mean, they, and especially on the stretch that they were on when they all came back – I'm gonna give them like truly the benefit of the doubt, and I was as mad as you, Kirk. Like literally, I was. I wanted to go scorched earth, or scorched Kirk. Have you ever? Have you ever thought about that?
0: That that should you know, Kirk. Your enthusiasm is a pretty scorched Kirk podcast name, but it doesn't really represent me as well as scorched (laughs) Kirk does. Really?
1: Okay. Well, I wanted to. There were times where I really did want to do it, and then, you know, I would I would wake up the next morning listen to some of these interviews and then like really like when you hear these players and they talk about this season and how weird and wonky this whole thing is, I think that this team just, just hit a perfect storm, but that doesn't change my sort of macro point, which is that when you look at the top eight players in the league, according to sort of the consensus media opinion stuff, Mm -hmm. lucas obviously in there when you look at the rest of the players minus maybe damian lillard if you count him in there all of them their supporting stars are are pretty awesome and it really when i look at the mavericks i look at them and i say this is getting cute rather than Rather than sustainable to keep a superstar, which is, it's, it's, it's where we are in 2021. And I do freak out about that a little bit. And this is not coming from any sort of expertise other than just sort of looking at the other teams like the Bucks and the Lakers. And I know those teams took time to build, but it still worries me with how frequently players just decide, well, I want to move on. I want to go play with better players. I I hope that the Mavericks have moved on from trying to game the cap and all of this shit. I hope that they adopt the philosophy of we trade it all. We get two or three incredible players and then hope that amazing veterans come to our team. I hope that the Mavericks eventually take that leap because it's not very common that you build the team quote-unquote, the right way, and that's, like, sustainable. I mean, I guess the Warriors were the fluke in it all, but it's still sort of, like, even the 2011 Perhaps there was a reason why they wanted to blow that up right after. It's because it wasn't the most sustainable way to win a championship, and so I think with Dallas and with Luka, like, this team is very fun to root for and everything like that, but if they actually want to start contending for titles and doing those things, I, I genuinely believe that they – they have to take a completely different approach than what they've taken in the past, which is really go for that second star, which again, I know what they did with, they did that with Perzingis, but he ain't it. So what now, you know, mm-hmm.
0: am I because,
1: just, do you agree with anything I just said? I just absolutely.
0: Went on, yeah. Absolutely. Because this is where I am and I'm just not very good at, spelling it out because as josh loves to tell me people focus on my angriest takes instead of my overall point which is fine i mean i get it i'm i'm fun to make fun of i I gotta lean in on that but with Mm -hmm. the mavericks themselves you know one thing i've been thinking about a lot is I, i i complain about kp's consistency but he's sort of a a proxy for what I'm talking about overall where the Mavericks last year started 16 and six wow. uh, and then Luca got hurt in Miami. And since then they have not been any sort of consistent. If you look through like the game log or if you were to, like scroll through, they, they rarely strung together anything more than three wins at a time. They also didn't lose very much last year. They never had three losses in a row. That didn't happen until this year, and that's why I I think it kind of felt so painful when they lost uh, Mm -hmm. six straight. So I I just, I I don't know if the Mavericks found a little fool's gold with the start to last season that Mm -hmm. gave them the impression that they're much further along in this rebuild than they actually are.
1: Well, they they they're a team that seems like the, the you know they're a team of highs and and lows and you know I I know that you're you're talking about a consistency but now it seems like this is what they are especially when they shoot threes as much as they have been and 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 true and and I am going to continue to to talk about the caveat of um COVID and those things and the difficult road trips and things like that sure. Like those things, I really do think that they, they, I mean, look, these is for the most part, these same group of guys. I like Seth, but he, I mean, like for the most part, this is the same group of guys. And for them to, to go from uh, the type of offense they had last year to the, to the type they had this year. I mean, there, you have to look at the caveats like COVID and things like that. I worry, my worry starts to be in, in the sort of long-term, you know, and they have they have plenty of time. I'm constantly reminded by friends, Jason Concepcion is like, How old is Luca? And I'm like 21. he's like, chill the fuck out. And I'm like, all right. Um, but but it's it is sort of I, I get so much anxiety seeing all the player movement and all of that stuff. Every single game that Luca plays and the best player on the other team even says a word to him. I'm just like, you back the hell off. (laughs) You know what I mean? I saw Draymond the other night, that freaking guy. He's never nice to anyone. He was super nice to Luca. He needs to chill out. Um, No, but, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I, I'm so perplexed by this team and this is, I'm never, I'm never the reasonable type, but I am when it comes to this season alone, I am in the, like, let's see where we are in a month. Because I think that's going to be a better indication of what this team is than where we were in the last month.
0: I mean, I certainly think that's fair. I yeah. this, the, the, I've gone on a couple of Knicks podcasts because they they these folks love yeah. KP hate, <laughs> and the specter of that lottery pick is is influencing a lot of emotions from me because yeah. you know in terms of playoffs this year, realistically what the Mavericks need to do is get to the play in section. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're 13th or 14th in the West right now, but by the end of the year, they should hope to be, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10 hope and and hang around there. I think that's an attainable goal. I think they could even get higher if they get on a real win streak, but unfortunately, and, and people don't seem to grasp this in the NBA, winning 60% of your games is hard. People mm-hmm. like, you know, you, winning like 55% is kind of the hope for yeah. a lot of teams. And it's tough to do when there's only, you know, 45 games left, which is sort of where, where, where we are with the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that lingers in my head because if the Mavericks are like the 10th seed that jumps up to whatever, I'm not sure how that matters within the, the lottery rankings, but I have this irrational yet feels rational fear of the Mavericks pick going to the Knicks, and then for the first time in Dallas history, the pick actually moving up. <laughs> because that's never happened for the Mavericks ever. And yeah, then it would yeah. go to the Knicks, and then it would just, and it's one of these compounding things that 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 exists. It it shouldn't influence my takes on this, but it does because well, I really like the draft. And I think if the Mavericks paid attention to it more than once every 10 years, they might be okay.
1: <laughs> well, I think I think you you kind of you forgot one thing in your equation which is that that would require for the Knicks to have some good luck mm. and that's something i haven't seen in quite a while so i'm just at the if it happens at the expense of us um i'll be pretty annoyed i gotta yeah. say. yeah we have yeah. lots
0: of Knicks friends it's super annoying i don't want that
1: super annoying um i have a question for you of course well actually, i actually have more of an observation than i want your your comment so Tim Hardaway Jr. is such an interesting player to me. And I I genuinely actually I I like love watching him play. And it's it like, or I feel like I would love watching him play if it wasn't next to Luca. I think that there's some stress there. But I actually I feel like the way he played in Golden State in the last Golden State game wasn't was sort of amazing. It was really ballsy. It was really like just plowing through the sort of shitty start he had. And then how he played tonight, I just have this sort of like, I know that everyone's saying that Luca is the leader of the team or whatever, but I I sometimes I'm just like Tim Hardaway Jr. could, should assume that role sometimes because he is sort of, when it comes to playmaking, he is like the second or third guy often. I love seeing it when he like hypes up Luca. I think that that is an excellent like quality of leadership. And then I think the way that, you know, Zach Lowe is completely right when it comes to Luca's sort of whining and his body mm-hmm. language. It is, yeah. it is there. I've been 21. You should have seen me. I was the biggest whiner on the planet. I'm so, 36 and I whine all the still time. Still whine. <laughs> I've seen your tweets. <laughs> so I think my point is, is that Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, I I I don't know that many people with the, the Mavericks organization, so I couldn't tell you. But he he strikes me as somebody who would be an awesome leader on a team. And when he, when he especially the last two games, I've just really seen a quality of him of like building people up, see, like, you know, seeing Luca have an amazing shot, him just like smacking him on the chest and just plowing through his difficulties down the, you know, um, especially in sort of in the first half of the Golden State game. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think he, he sort of, that's like a perfect role for him, especially as that second or third guy um to assume that sort of like positivity and everything like that is at least emotionally you know because lucas just like that really bothers me about him and i hope he breaks out of it soon
0: sure well yeah. the thing about tim is that he never gets too high and certainly never gets too low no i discovered a <laughs> statistic the other day which i think represents this to to the extreme yeah. uh There's a, you know, advanced metric, you know, based on the tracking data that lets you see how close defenders are when you shoot. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: along with that, what your percentage is. And so Tim takes a ton of three point shots. Here are his percentages when a defender is within a certain distance. So when a defender is within two to four feet, he's shooting 39%. When a defender is within four to six feet, he's shooting 40%. When a defender is six feet or more away, which is basically wide open, he's shooting 39%. So mm. I use that as sort of the bellwether t- to me to represent that Tim Hardaway truly does not care <laughs> about no. what is going on around him. And it's sort of representative both for his literal game, but also like what's happening elsewhere within, you know, like the, the game
1: overall. But that that's a great, uh, that is a great, I think, uh, trade is especially for an emotional leader, you Uh, know, which is what like the Mavericks have like a playmaking leader in Luca, but like in terms of, you know, I, I, during that losing streak, it was like annoying to watch the Mavs and in a lot, in a large part, it was because of Luca. I mean, Luca was literally carrying that team. So I could get the frustration, especially if you're 21 and you're like, dude, what is going on around me? But, um, but you know, I, I think this sort of no matter whatness of Tim would be a quality that you would like to see across the board. You know, and especially Luca. I would love to see that sort of influence him. Okay, am I getting this call? No. Well, I'm, you know, whatever. Let Rick yell at the guy. Like mm-hmm. let, let like let somebody else do it. Don't do it yourself. And that's somebody, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I I've I've heard this on podcasts too, and I've read this too, the importance of JJ Baret on that team. Um, And maybe that was maybe that, you know, maybe there's something really to that take that J.J. W- should have stayed simply to keep Luca like in a decent headspace during these sort of, you know, shittier moments.
0: Yeah. 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 Because it's it's a long, condensed season. I'm wondering, you know, I, I probably need to listen to more player stuff like you were talking about with Duncan Robinson's podcast, because yeah they don't get asked these questions in post game. There's not enough time for it. And frankly, I don't think they'd like answering a media person about it, but if these like guys are talking amongst themselves,
1: yeah, I, I
0: wonder how much like a sense of, of loneliness is not the right word. No,
1: no, that is the word it Well, I want to, I want to, I want to touch on that and not to cut you off, but no, please go. That, that podcast is so fascinating. I'll give you a little bit of a recap because they get into a point where they're, you know, Duncan's co-host asks them both, "Well, you know, you you both are going through a similar situation. How do you bounce back in such a weird year?" And they both really talk about it's not just the COVID stuff and everything like that. And it's then that the games are condensed in these long road trips, mm-hmm. and the the you know the protocol, the COVID protocols allow for them to basically not leave their hotel rooms, and so these losses hurt extra. Hard because there is no way to sort of blow off steam on these road trips. You literally just, you go to the gym and then you go to your room and you're not allowed to do anything else. And that part, I mean, they both alluded to, and they're very different guys. Willie Colley Stein and Duncan Robinson are very different guys, but they both really talked about how mentally challenging it is. And so when you're in a rut, I can't imagine I, I just would imagine that it's a, it's it's doubly as hard to get out of that rut, and then when the when you when you tack on the Mavericks sort of COVID issues and I mean honestly Miami went through the same stuff too with Jimmy and 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 I think when you're when you're trying to figure it out and then you're you're you know you're in this this weird season and you can't go anywhere and you're just dwelling on losses and. I don't know. I think that's mentally super challenging. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Multiple times I've heard, you know, different players say like, man, I kind of missed the bubble. Like I've heard, like it's kind of crazy just because they could go outside. Mm -hmm. Like these guys can't even like do that. They couldn't walk down the side, like around the hotel if they wanted to, you're not supposed to do that. So it's just, I don't know. It's just really crazy.
0: Well, it's interesting because I've I listen to a ton of audio just like you do, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's like background, sometimes it's it's something that I actively want to listen to, and I've been increasingly annoyed because I, I sort of put the Mavericks' problems into to three main buckets. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, you have so, sort of Luca's it, not ready for leadership. Then yeah. you have KP as always returning from an injury, which is just, for me, it bothers me because it's, it's, it's just the, it's the same thing, different day, but you know, that is what it is. And then third we have, and this is the under discussed thing. um, You know, uh, Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor's podcast talked about the Mavericks twice in a week. And each time both of them sort of, you know, they, they mentioned COVID and the fact that the mavericks have lost more player games to covid than any other team yet only have lost one game in terms of of getting postponed to later in the season or maybe scrapped entirely we don't know yet yeah, yeah. and and i feel like that aspect of it is being under discussed and i wonder totally. if when the history of the season is told you know you look back in may or april and you look yeah. at what happened just to the mavericks is that going to stand out
1: i it it has to and i think when i think this season even more so than the bubble will be a thing that i will be so interested in hearing some of these like player tell alls about how this season went because it not only that but even just the health and safety protocols that were put into place by the nba some of them just sort of laughable but also kind of rich too i mean you have these First off, the 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 very concept of a basketball game is 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 and in itself uh, stupid if you're trying to think about health and safety protocols, right? Right. Now I'm a sports fan, and I'm glad that they're happening. I hope that they can figure out a way to stay healthy. There's some cognitive
0: dissonance going on here,
1: sure. But then, but then you have all these players, and they're you know they're they're in houston and they've been locked in their hotel room for two days and they finally get to the arena and then you got you know people in the stands some of which don't have masks or you go to atlanta and there's freaking people on like baseline or like courtside that are screaming at you pulling their masks down and you're just thinking to yourself what the hell is going on like what what Mm -hmm. is the point of Of so much of what we're doing, are we doing this or are we not doing this? And I think that again, it's just such a really weird thing that the NBA is doing, and with the All Star game, I think it's like sincerely kind of a cruel thing to do, is to make these players play an All Star game, especially after what you know LeBron he had like seventy some odd games off or days off or whatever or whatever during the off season. Like it's it's really it's really just going to be a bizarre thing to look back on. And that's why, you know, I still hold my big picture point of view when it comes to the way that the Mavericks are going to go about team building. And I, you know, I, it's like, I think that they should do it. I also don't fault them for the way they've gone about it thus far, but I do think that a change probably needs to come pretty soon. That being said, that is not any sort of opinion necessarily indicative of what this season presented to us as fans, because this is like, this is an anomaly. This is really weird. Even if the Mavericks winded up, wound up with like a 12th seed, which would be extremely disappointing. I mean, how mad can you really get they, they, there's a freaking pandemic and they were hit hard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, understanding that then what are, are is, is kind of your, you know, fan is fantasy GM, whatever you want to call it. Goal for the rest of like the first half of this season, you know, which ends you know remarkably soon, yeah. Uh, if you think about it, and then what would kind of be your your optimal goal for them in in the second half of the year?
1: I mean, I think I I think I don't think it's that complicated for me. I mean, you you want to see the team gel the way that they did, you know, last season. And, and hopefully you want, I mean, I think that's the kind of downer and why I hold those opinions or whatever is that I feel like we've seen the best version of this team already. And, and, you know, the odds of seeing a better version of that team to me are just so slim. That would be a wonderful thing to see. And that's my hope. And that was my hope coming into this season and then just reality hits and you're like, right. Dorian Finney-Smith just does that sometimes. <laughs> like, like you know, and, and so I suppose like my hope would be that everybody gets back playing to this sort of best case scenario so that mm-hmm. everybody is the best asset possible. I know that's like, that's like, you know, a weird Thing to say, but that that is exactly how I feel. Is it's like, you you we need to we need to figure out how to start fresh next season, and that that's because I I don't think the Mavericks. I know that they were like in a lot of people's opinion like actual contender contenders, but I don't know. I mean, I'd love to be proven wrong. I would genuinely love it. But I did. Can you see this team playing any better than what they played like last year? And and, like like I, I. I cannot see it. Can you?
0: No, because there's a lot of little things around the edges that I don't get into game to game because it it just starts to be, you know, you start to what the pit of despair is, is sort of where you end up heading. Like Luca, Luca looks a lot, looks a step slow. Frankly, he's not really recovered. Some of his, his quickness that he had last year, the Mavericks are missing a vertical threat. That's consistent. There's just enough worries to make it a, a, a little bit, A little bit concerning so it's I see what you mean that that's that's sort of where I am too I mean I've I've really had to adjust my expectations but then the flip side of this is a team that doesn't have a a series of veterans means I also think this team could rip off like a like seven or eight or nine straight wins and I would be
1: surprised totally and that would be so fun I mean there's nothing more fun than these little you know these these podcasts in which two fans are just spitballing here and then players yeah. are like hey fuck you we just want oh, to yes. in a row. I mean there there we yeah I would love to be proven wrong and I would love for like you know Josh Richardson to just uh, like be incredible and like I would love for Dory and Finney Smith to like look like he's you know no know, kind of knows what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, no. Man, he's he's been he's he's been a really weird player to watch lately. He, and and he, I texted you this. He has like a. This is not to shit on him because he's genuinely, I think, like <laughs> genuinely the coolest player on the Mavericks in terms of just. I love his attitude, and he kind of just. He's got a vibe about him I really like, but he he, um, and, and and he and he's really like a huge hustler. But there are times where he gets the ball, and I'm like, dude, did you? Did you do you know how to like do this? Like this is like crazy. It's like I texted you. It was like Space Jam shit. I, w- I felt like at times where he would just I don't know, like he can't handle the ball. It feels like at times. Um, I need the Mavericks to to
0: do to do to watch three pieces of pop culture, and I need to hear about it, and I need to to hear them discuss it. The first is I need them to to see the the Office episode where they play the basketball game <laughs> because. He really does dribble like, like Stanley. It's very upsetting.
1: Wait, you used to tweet that about somebody else.
0: Oh, Wes Matthews, you know, (laughs) but somebody has to inherit the throne because ball handling is like really underrated in the NBA. The second thing that I need these guys to watch is the, uh, the, the scene from, uh, the replacements where they're talking about quicksand. Yeah. Uh, and then the third thing is, is I desperately need someone to sit with Rick Carlisle and watch Ted Lasso um mm. that's that's just kind of my my thing but anyway just just something because you know the, the 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 high it's it's kind of what you said like the highs are are, are going to be very high and very low with this team and it, and it, and it's kind of just kind of time that i accept it and i'm gonna i'm gonna need to figure out a way to podcast about this where people don't think i'm a total lunatic like i slowly got worse over the six game losing streak like it was very it was very bad
1: can, can uh. i can, can i add a can i add a quick little segment here what do oh, you think We've been texting about the maps for almost a decade. And oh, God, yeah, 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 we're old. So, what do you think? What do you think our collect, like who you and I have hated the most over the last three years? Wow. You I and know- I have very
0: different hates in terms Oof, of players but not
1: not yeah okay so we both really i really hated watching wes matthews like i i i in in, in it was more honestly like if you're gonna do a bow and arrow thing you have to be <laughs> awesome. awesome you have to be really fucking awesome and i just don't think i think it's i hated i honestly think i that bow and arrow thing alone made me despise him because he would hit one shot every once in a while <laughs> and then he'd do his fucking arrow, bow and arrow thing and i hated it so he's high up there for me but i know our i know the answer that you and i have texted probably more shit about and it's charlie, it? it's charlie oh my
0: gosh the charlie v movement was a time <laughs> i i i went through i must have been in this like 13 14 15 when i would like share my work to facebook like a normie and, you know, because everybody forgets that I do this now. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I just, we wrote, we complained about Charlie V a lot, a whole yeah, we lot, did. except we we're big fans of when he made Russell Westbrook mad by interrupting his, uh like, yeah. clapping yeah, routine. Good. Oh, God, good times. That, that was well, great. That was great. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do want to ask... You know, you made a very good recommendation earlier about the Duncan Robinson, Willie Cauley Stein podcast, which I will try to link to. Um, do you have any other recommendations of stuff that you've consumed in the last couple of weeks or months that you think would be worth checking out, both basketball or otherwise?
1: Wow. I mean, what a, what a what a way to put me on the spot? I'm a parent, you know, so I'm not the sure. best person to ask this, these types of questions to. No, but, but you
0: recommended the Berea podcast early to me, for example, with JJ Reddick. And that ended up being yeah. just a, 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 like just a vault of, of nuggets.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have, I'm so sorry to, to the listeners, oh, that's but, okay. I, but, but my family and I did watch Paddington too, for the first time this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> It's, and, uh, it's an incredible movie it's an incredible movie that's all, that's all i'm gonna say should we i feel like we were a little hard on the maps like should there they just won should we be should we like end it on a high note what do you th- i mean i don't know
0: well, i mean i think i think that, that you've brought a sense of big picture perspective that josh has and i need to hear from other people because josh and i have been po- have been friends and podcast hosts for so long that we do not hear one another Like we're, we're essentially a a very boring married couple. Yeah. So it's, it's, and, and, you know, other people and and your, your perspective is, is on the the COVID stuff, I think is, is very worth taking into effect because it's something that I just kind of bypass, not on purpose because I know how serious it is, but it's just, it's easy in the moment to think that, okay, yeah. You know, Maxi Kleba, who is probably the Mavericks best defender looks like he's been hit by a car after every game because he's so tired. totally
1: i mean have you ever been sick it's like the
0: worst (laughs) it's the worst feeling yeah man flu is is terrible so i i I think we've been i think we've been fair about them but you know what they've also had a hard time so if they get it together in any way shape or form and we want to talk about how we've how we've been happy i think we should have you back on we should talk about it again which reminds me half uh most of of the staff when i told them i was i was talking to you tonight uh Three people basically chimed in and said, "If he ever wants to do anything on Ma- on our site, you should let him." And the so so and they all figured, they they don't all remember that you contributed to a lot of things in the thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years. So if if there's anything you want to do that's weird, um, you're welcome on mavsmoneyball dot com or normal. You know, it, it, if you have just like mavs words, I know you don't don't do as much writing anymore, but uh, yeah. you, you, the opportunity is out there if you want it.
1: Well, you know, mavs moneyball is that. You know, it's it's the weird home. It's that weird home for me. You know, I go there every day, just about every day. You know, I, I don't know. It's 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 in my it's in my rotation. It's like it's like I check out YouTube every day, Twitter and Mavs Money Vault, The big three as Silicon Valley puts it. So um, I I am delighted to hear that. I'm. Uh, there
0: have you team. checked out our man Panda Hank 41's YouTube videos?
1: I, I have a little bit. They're pretty good.
0: Yeah, he, he fine he's got some, some real feel good dirk clips and stuff on there. That German national mixtape that mm-hmm. he did was I'd never seen any of that. It just cause I didn't you know, I was younger and just didn't pay attention to the the overseas stuff. It's like, oh yeah. my gosh. Watching Dirk is just Oh, uh, jo- Josh said it the other day where he goes, do you think we just, we underrated Dirk? And I'm like, yes, we the did. Of course, yes. You,
1: of course you did. I mean, and, but, but Dirk is like, that's what's so weird about being a Mavs fan. And I don't want to like go to, f- I feel like we could do a million pods like this. We should, this should be, but like, honestly, like there's something about we, we experienced the single best thing that I feel like a sports fan could experience, which is the lowest of lows with a player like that mm-hmm. and then the sort of redemptive story and i think the thing that sometimes worries me about the front office and they are geniuses much smarter than me and they are definitely thinking of this and this is just me being a dumbass fan but sometimes i'm like do they think that they can do that again cuz they probably can't mm-hmm. you know what i mean <laughs> and and but but it also it also messes with our expectations i think where we have been spoiled into believing in fairy tales <laughs> because the fairy tale happened in our what's that
0: i think there's something to that for sure
1: yeah and so i think that i think that um that has definitely distorted my view of being like a fan so i i you know i i don't know it, as i've sort of like you know when i went to the ringer and like sort of took in the league as a whole it definitely like you know and 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 on top of that getting to know some of these players, it's just like this league is not a fairy tale. it is like it is uh it is very exes you know, and that's where yeah. i'm have become so cutthroat about this sort of big picture long term approach when it's just like I'm a fan of the Mavericks. they have a uh, a generational superstar. they need to go full like treat him like lebron and give him the franchise and recruit the two biggest stars and it doesn't matter if it guts the roster we're just gonna do it and that's it and like that's that's my perspective now as a fan it's not fairy tale it's 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 leaning into the player empowerment movement and and that's where i am
0: well i I like this i like this this has been you know, I I never know what to expect on a late night pod. I appreciate you staying up late with me. This has been outstanding. And I hope as always you do the thing where you simply tell me, I would like to talk about Mavericks with someone and record it unimpeded for a little bit. And and (laughs) we should do this again.
1: Absolutely, man. Anytime.
0: All right. Well, this has been uh, Kirk Henderson and Jason Gallagher. We look forward to what you're going to, uh, to do next. I know you've just finished what in media terms is a lifetime at a company and so seeing what what you do next is is going to be really exciting and hopefully we will uh, be able to reconvene soon and, and have more you know positive mavericks talk
1: yeah i'm excited man thanks for having me
0: sure thing this has been kirk and jason mavs Moneyball after dark we will talk to you guys later in the week